Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast. Hosted by Brooke and Farron. Where you learn a little about a lot. And sometimes a lot about a little. Okay, so this is episode 10. This is another listener's choice episode. This one is surviving teacher staff development. So shout out to all the teachers out there and the principals having to plan the staff development because you guys are doing a great job and you have a really hard job. Yes, I still feel like I heard a across the <laughs> universe. It's a lot to plan and organize for sure. So even though we're all excited for the new school year to start, um, the people providing the training and attending the training, uh, it's definitely a lot of information in a short amount of time as you prepare for the school year. Again, we want to reiterate this is a listener's choice. So if you have something you want us to research, talk about, discuss, and provide insight from what we've learned, we are happy to do that. So again, reiterating, this is a listener's choice. Someone wanted to know how to survive staff development as a teacher, and we all know that sometimes we need some of that information. So without further ado, we have our top 10 ideas that you can take away that will help you survive staff development. Yep, these 10 ideas are for new teachers or veteran teachers. Um, and they are in no particular order. So to get the ball rolling, our first recommendation is know the dates, times, and locations. I know I dread ever looking at school email over the summer, um, but you got to open it eventually to make sure you're not missing out on trainings. Some districts have trainings that take place in June or July, uh, and you don't want to miss out on those. We call them our comp days, and that's so you can get days off later in the school year. So don't wait too long to check your email. And every school district is different. Some schools put the staff development training that you have to get in the summer into the two weeks you have before school. Some do it differently. Like you were saying, mm-hmm. Farron, they have a June session, a July session. So make sure you know what your specific district does because it changes from one town to the next. So make sure you're not missing out on that. And the other thing with these trainings, um, check the locations, double check, triple check, because I went to a new school district a couple years ago and we had an, ev- an event or a training or something, but it ended up being at a church location. And that was unheard of from the district I came from. So I was like, wait, where is this? This isn't at the at the campus? No, did you see? No, I did not see. So, <laughs> even if you're a veteran teacher, still check. Even if you're staying at the same school because they might want to show you something different or take you somewhere else to kind of switch it up. And if you are a new teacher and for some reason you've already planned a family trip, maybe you're not a new teacher but you're new to the district, the best thing you can do is let your administrators know uh, way in advance. Right now. Let yep. them know right now. <laughs> yep. You need to let them know ahead of time. Um, and then you definitely, if you haven't been there before, leave early. Just go early. The worst is when you're the last one to walk into a staff meeting and it's quiet and you got to creak the door open and you try to close it so it doesn't slam, but like everybody's already seen yeah, everybody's it. like an owl head they just turn around all of a sudden 180 degrees see you oh it's you you're the newbie you're late yep and we don't have this um written on our list but what i just thought of is also find out 
what the attire is. You don't want to come in underdressed. Um, and there are some physical team building activities that you might not want to come in overdressed. But if you have to choose, always go with being the overdressed person and not the underdressed. So dates, times, locations, and then also, you know, what the expectation is for what you're supposed to wear. Right. And again, staff development, there are what teachers, some teachers may not know, you have to have a certain amount of face-to-face meetings from principal to the staff, or you have to go over these things by law, or you personally could be sued. So teachers, you just got to take it with a grain of salt. That's just one of the things you have to do. You have to have this training because it's the law. Someone somewhere is making us do this. Um, So thank you to the principals who are making it enjoyable and do games or do team building stuff because that is more fun than just sit and get so yeah your administrators really don't want to torture you (laughs) but their hands are tied in some circumstances right so another part of that with all that training that they have to do and they have to get in whether it's face-to-face or in a certain location don't really expect a lot of time to work in your room sometimes people can waltz in and think oh this will just take me like half a day to put these posters up Okay, well, if that's a four-hour task, but you have meetings different day, all day, and you don't know when you're going to get in your room, that four-hour task that would, if you could knock it all out, would be only four hours. But now that you're having to space it out, it's really going to be an all-day kind of thing. Right, so that is our second point, um, like Brooke was saying, is don't expect time to work in your room during that eight to four staff development day. Um If you don't expect it and then you get some time, then it's like a happy surprise. Um, If you really have a lot of work to do in your room with setup, um, I know at the elementary level there's a lot of decorating and getting ready for the meet the teacher night. Um, It's all going to come back on you and you're going to be way more stressed out than if, in my opinion, if you came up on your own time before staff development and had your room situated just the way you want. So, again, don't come in with that expectation because you might just leave disappointed. That's true. And on the other side of that, point three is using your time wisely. So whenever you do get that free time, that unexpected free time, work in your room. Don't sit and play on your phone Mm -hmm. or go just chat with someone for three hours. That would be nice if you got three hours to work in your room, (laughs) by the way. But if you can have that time, try to knock out some big tasks, or that might be a good time to say, hey neighbor, this thing is really tall, and I'm 5'3", can you help me hang it? So again, using your time wisely, planning, or getting your room ready, whatever it is. And again, at the lower grade level too, a lot of times your team will want to plan um, during that time, which is going to be helpful. You need to know what you're teaching that first week, and make those copies, and Be on the same page for Meet the Teacher Night. Um, So any additional free time, um, you're just going to want to use it wisely. Not, you know, hanging out in another teacher's classroom while they're working and you're sitting there. I mean, you can, you know, socialize, but then later you're like, how come their room's done and I'm nowhere close? So be wise. Point four is taking advantage of the meet and greet. So I know it can be awkward for the introverts or for the people who just aren't into it, but that's a time you can really start building the foundation of relationships, which will come into play all year long for you. Yeah, so during staff development, there's usually some type of activity the first couple days where you're up, moving around, um, sharing something you did this summer, finding something you have in common with someone else in the room. 
and sometimes these are cheesy, uh, but your attitude in those activities are people's first impression of you. So us adults don't like to be told to get up and have to move around and find groups, but especially if you're new to a district or a first-time teacher, you're setting and making those impressions. And if you're a returning teacher, you're kind of giving off that energy to all the new people. Um, And this kind of reminds me of our fall camp episode. Your administrators, they're watching you. Like, they plan these activities. They're walking around. They're... (laughs) They're overhearing your conversations or negative attitudes. So just be mindful and put your best foot forward and take advantage of, you know, showing everyone else around you who you are because you might not have that opportunity once the school year starts. Right, and that might be the only glimpse they get of you. Mm-hmm. There, I know if you work at a bigger school or a high school, you don't see if we're on two different floors on two different ends of the building, I might not ever see them except at staff developments whenever I see them either on their phone or not participating or whatever it is. And on the other side of that, you got to think about your administrative team. They are having to do this. They're trying to make it fun. They're walking around and then they see you acting a certain way or not acting a certain way. So keep in mind what that's doing for them and for y'all's relationship. What if one day you wanted to get promoted, but you're, you're getting passed up remember all those times that you weren't doing what you should be doing. Uh, And then that's what you expect of your students. You expect them to do what you want them to do. So why would we not want to do that for our our admin team? Exactly. Point number five, and I think this is a very big one. Um, To me, it just goes with the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. Um, But our secretaries in the front office, um, the custodial staff, You need to build relationships not only with your grade level or department um, or your administrators, but you want to make sure you have really good relationships with the secretaries and your custodial staff. Um, You're going to rely on them, new teachers, (laughs) more than you know. Um, And so it's just, again, treating others the way you want to be treated. Right. And, And again, just the level of respect for everybody. Everybody has a tough job if they work in a school. Uh, secretaries run those places. Yes, they and do. And custodial staff keeps those places alive and sanitary. And it would I have seen places that don't have good staffing in those areas, and it's not well ran. It doesn't look good. People don't want to visit. The kids don't like it. Kids appreciate cleanliness, whether they say it out loud or not, uh, and organization as well. So, mm-hmm. again, just being nice in general. There is, I have an anonymous story from someone but they were higher up and a custodian ended up coming to them and telling them this story about how there was a a teacher had spilled. There was a spill on the ground right outside this teacher's room and the teacher called the custodian and snapped at him and said, you need to come clean this up. And the custodian was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know there was a spill here. Uh, Can I hand you these paper towels and I'll come back with this? And the teacher said... I'm a teacher, you're a custodian, that's your job. That was a really big, really big no-no. And so, um, obviously, consequences came with that. But, again, that just, wow, you just need to be nice. Be nice to everybody, jeez. Yeah, I will tell you, your administrators, 
love the custodial staff and the secretaries, and they spend all summer together. Uh, they have a really good relationship. Um, so they're, if your administrators value them, of course you should value them in the first place. Um, but it goes back to just like in those get-to-know-you activities, your administrators are going to get to see that side of you through the experience that the secretaries and custodial staff have with you. Yeah, and if you've got to be there anyway, so make it fun. If it's not fun, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Whatever it is, whatever job you're in, whatever your capacity is, if you're not making the most out of it or making it at least enjoyable for yourself, then it's just going to, it's just going to take hold of you and it's just not, it's not going to be a good situation. And you're modeling for your students how to treat others, period. Whether they're above you or below you, however you view that, you're treating, you're showing your students how to treat others. And I remember teaching elementary school, you know, at the end of the day, we're picking up pencils and papers and every year I'd have a kid say, well, doesn't the custodian do that? And it was like, our job isn't to make it harder for them. They go above and beyond to do deep cleaning, but we need to clean up after ourselves. And you could just see a whole mind shift in the students, which was great to see. But make sure that you are treating them with respect um, because they do more for you than you probably know. Yeah, they're the unsung heroes of the school. For sure. Uh, Point six is looking prepared. Being prepared is even better than looking prepared. (laughs) But for the love, at least bring pen and paper with you. A lot of times schools will issue you a laptop or a Chromebook. Uh, make sure you have that out so you can take notes on on a shared document if you need or you can go to the links now that they're giving you or participate in the Kahoot activity or whatever it is. Just make sure you have those things ready and it would also be wise to have it not on your phone and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Yeah, new teachers, they're not going to say, make sure to bring a pen and a notebook to this meeting. Kind of like you don't have to tell your (laughs) students, make sure you bring pen and paper to your class. Yep, so just even no matter what, the principal says, hey, can we meet before school real quick? Show up with a pen and a notebook. Um, It's handy to have like your class list, especially at the beginning of the year if you don't know all your kids. Um, There's plenty of things online about teacher binders that have... A little bit of everything because you never know what's going to come up that they might expect for you to know on the spot. So um, look prepared, but like Brooke said, it's even better to actually be prepared. (laughs) I've got the stuff to take notes. Okay, now I'm actually going to do it. That will be good. Okay, this the next one is probably one of my favorites. And all of the veteran teachers rejoice. It's ask three before me, but this goes in a whole different spin. Yes. So um, the idea in the classroom is that, you know, students, you just finished giving directions and you say, are you good? And they're like, yeah. And then everyone gets to work and half the class says, wait, what? Um, So you teach your kids to ask three other people before they come ask you because ultimately they're going to run into someone that knows the answer. So the spin on this one is to ask three other co-workers a question before you take that question to a supervisor of some kind. Um, that it helps you, but obviously helps them. They're bombarded with emails from a million different people all day long. Um, it can be a little frustrating, just like when you're in the classroom, that they send it in an email or they set it at a staff meeting and to have to repeat it multiple times to multiple people 
you know, that's frustrating. But it also helps you because, one, when you do have a question, if you follow this, it's probably a really good question if three people could not have answered it for you. Two, it saves you from looking kind of, uh, is foolish the right word? To, when yes. you <laughs> When you ask a question that they just answered. Um, so we are advising that you ask three before you go to your supervisor. And to kind of tag along with that, in a giant group meeting... Mm-hmm. Um, that is not the time to ask that question. Preach. So what you need to do, if someone at the end, this is like a trick question. At the end, they say, does anyone have any questions? And all the veteran teachers are going, nope, 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 as they get up and they start walking out. And then someone shoots their hand up in the air. And it is nine times out of ten, a question that has already been answered at least three times. And it's on the screen, it's on your handout, and they said it from their mouth. Yep. So it's just one of those things, again, if if you have a question during a presentation or during some sort of staff development, have on those notes, because you brought that pen and paper, you need to have a running tab of questions going. And then there will probably be turn and talk time where you can talk to your person next to you and just say, hey, do you know any of these real quick? And if they do, and like you were saying, Farron, if th- the three people at your table don't know the answer, then it either hasn't been addressed yet, so keep listening, or it will be addressed later, or just sit tight and maybe later at an appropriate time. Ask the question that you've already prepared so it can be quick. Boom, I have a question. Okay, thank you. And now I'm getting out of your way because you have 5,000 emails. Yes, so that you'll usually have a break during the meeting, so you don't have to wait till the end of the day. But, you know, approaching them afterwards, a lot of... <laughs> I just... Sometimes the most um, frustrating or annoying questions are when the person is asking a very specific question to their very individual situation in a whole group setting to where the answer is not beneficial or appropriate for anyone else to hear. So just respecting other people's time. Um, we're not saying don't ask questions. Right. It's being mindful and, you know, there is no dumb question, but just being mindful of the questions you're asking and where do you start and who you're asking first. Right. Okay, point eight is taking advantage of lunch. So usually, hopefully, at your staff developments, you get a good hour, hour and a half, two if it's a magical unicorn day. Hint, hint, all admin <laughs> listening. Hey. Uh, then, or you can have plan in your room time, then yeah. lunch, then plan in your room time, uh-huh. and then meeting. So Just a suggestion. Ah! <laughs> there we go. Some schools get it right, and I'm very thankful for those schools. But take advantage of lunch because... You don't know, you will never get that block of time mm-hmm. to eat lunch again. And that's a great time to bond with coworkers, to try something out in the area if you don't live in that area. Uh, one mm-hmm. of the, the school district I, district I work in has like three restaurants. Yeah. And that's it. Mm-hmm. But man, we have frequented those and it's <laughs> been fun. Yeah, so during the school year, you might not get to even eat lunch. Some days it happens, and if you do eat lunch, it's usually half of a frozen microwavable lunch. And it's not warm in the middle. It's oh. just warm on the. It's it's hot on fire on the outsides. Yes, but then that third bite in, it's the Arctic tundra. I don't know. And then is it really meat? 
I don't know. <laughs> it was a dollar ninety nine. I am a newbie teacher. Just got my paycheck. That's yeah. why I stick to the frozen mac and cheese because that's hard to like mess up. But the point is that you'll, especially if you're a new teacher, you're gonna realize that man, you wish you would have gone to lunch on the days you had the opportunity. Now we said earlier you want to be wise with your time. So does it need to be a sit down? hour-long lunch at Olive Garden every day, as magical again as that sounds, (laughs) you might run through Taco Bell or Chick-fil-A and bring it back with you and your team and have a working lunch. That way, when you hopefully get free time later, you're not spending all that free time planning because you ate and planned simultaneously. Yes, and that goes back to just time management. What can we... How can we fit this together together? Together better. Man, first marathon and then together. <laughs> I can't speak. I love so, you. Oh thanks. Love me through this really hard time in my life where I don't have words. I don't even know what I was saying. But I bet it was good. It was about together. <laughs> You're spending time Ugh. together. Yes. Either planning or building relationships. Yeah. Um you're gonna be working with these people all year. It's a good way to kind of get to know each other. Yeah. Especially because once the year gets rolling, you might not get to sit in the room and eat lunch because you're going to have to grade papers real quick because of whatever you have going on later that day. Mm-hmm. So, again, take advantage of that lunchtime. Good bonding over food. Yes. Number nine, check your tech. <laughs> that sounded really cool, Farron. <laughs> I tried to say it really cool, but maybe you should translate for all our non-cool people uh, out right, there. Right, right. Okay, make sure you're checking your technology and that it's functioning properly. If you don't know how to work a smart board, find someone who does. YouTube it. Find a way. Find a way. Double check, triple check. Make sure your stuff you've been working on is compatible with it. Um, again, it, it's really tough on the first day of school if you get there and your projector doesn't turn on. Mm-hmm. And if that's just a light bulb issue, you could have probably found that out earlier on. And now the light bulb is in the warehouse and now we got to go. And that's going to take a couple days. So now all of your stuff you were going to put on the screen is no longer available to do that. And now you can't teach for a week and then you lose your job and your life is over. Oh. No, okay, <laughs> not that dramatic. But I would put check your tech at the top of your priority list for a couple of reasons. One is you're um, going to get, the tech department is going to get a lot of tickets. Like our district, that's why I'm hesitating. Our district calls them a help ticket and you submit a ticket to let your technology department know for the example that you need a new light bulb in your projector. The longer you wait, the more tickets they are getting in their inbox, and you're going to have to then wait that much longer. The other thing is um, they have a certain amount of things, and so once they run out of light bulbs, then if you're the last to submit that ticket, you're going to have to wait till the PO goes through, and then they got to order it, and then that takes forever long, and then once it comes in, then your name's on the list to get it fixed. And I am not dogging our tech departments at our all. Our IT guys do the best job. They're very supportive. Right. Um, some of this just is what it is. Mm-hmm. You might even ask three before a principal, but you might ask what technology should your room have? And that way when you are getting your room set up and you're seeing what's all there, if you're short an iPad, that's a problem and you need to let someone know sooner than later. If you're supposed to be issued a Chromebook or a laptop, 
you're going to want to start creating all your school-related materials on that device. So, um, one, make sure it works. Two, find out what technology you're supposed to have. And the last thing is, it kind of goes with submit a ticket, but don't tell your secretary that your projector doesn't work. Okay? That's they- <laughs> not her. No. Go to IT. Yeah. And it seems obvious, but again, different school districts have different systems right. for getting that information to the IT department. For example, if you've heard the word edgephoria mm-hmm. a lot, then you might be working with the system our school district has. And that, that's where you go and you could submit a help ticket. But then there's a drop-down menu, usually, or a checkbox. And then it can be anything from the AC to the technology to the desk is broken. And those are all different departments. So, again, telling your secretary, she, she will just say, submit a ticket, because mm-hmm. I, that's, I don't do that. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yes, they can help you if you're a newbie, but just hear us now and submit the ticket. Try to figure out, what is Edgephoria? Why do people keep saying that? It's got a lot of things on there anyway. Um, I know a lot of school districts use that one. Is that what y'all use? Yeah, we have our own fancy link now. I know, we're pretty special. Like I said, our IT department's awesome. A couple other things that came to mind, and I'm really not trying to overload this, but once you get your key in your room, charge your technology and make sure it's locked up every day. Every day. People go shopping, I hate to say that, but you know, if I have three iPads and I'm supposed to have four and Sally across the way left her four charged iPads out, they might magically become my four charged iPads and she comes back in with three. So that's not how it's going to be in most places, but you don't want to find that out the hard way. So get it charged and get it locked up every day um, and then you'll be all set. And if you can, you can also mark your technology somehow. You can either passcode all your stuff if you want. Or you can label, you can put washi tape on it, even though you'd take that off if someone's trying to borrow. But you just talk to your admin, like, how is there a serial number that goes with this so I know that it's mine in case it just vanishes somehow, we can track it. So there's all that stuff that is with your technology as well. So maybe not ask your administrator, ask your (laughs) people. All right, number 10 is all that is phone etiquette. Yes, this is one of the most important ones. I, I mean, think it made so. it to our top ten, but it could possibly <laughs> be our top three. But phone etiquette, like we were saying earlier, if you're taking notes on technology, it's just wiser if you use your laptop. Because if you're on your phone taking notes, it just looks like you're playing on your phone. And again, from the administrator point of view, if you're thinking, I'm a teacher at the front of the room teaching my students, and I see the back of a phone, what is... What's that? What is happening? And someone in the crowd will be on their phone. There was a time, whenever Candy Crush was big, when was that, like six years ago? I don't know. For some people, but, it's still very big. Hey. Not me. I took it off my phone. I'm Good a recovering Candy Crush addict. <laughs> Confessions. <laughs> <laughs> but there, we were all in this auditorium setting, listening. It was a deep moment. And then that gong ring sound of candy crush came on and it was just hilarious to watch the guy squirm to try to get his phone volume down and it was just (laughs) yes everyone knew exactly what you were doing sir you are 43 playing candy crush and i'm eating right now great Mm -hmm. some people take phone breaks uh they get on their phone at breaks and they take the phone calls 
really close to where the staff meeting is, and everyone can hear your conversation, Mm -hmm. whether it's about groceries or whatever, but that's always awkward to me. Maybe Mm -hmm. it's just a personal pet peeve of mine, but if you're going to make a phone call, go, go do that, but... Then some people look at you like you're interrupting their phone call, but they're sitting right there where everyone... I don't you're know. next to me in the volume so that <laughs> I can hear what they're eating for lunch. Yes. What's happening? Yes. Yeah. Um, and then the other phone etiquette, of course, is social media. Yes. Just stay off of it. There's, uh, of course, from a venting or negative aspect, definitely don't ever do that. That's just bad form. But also, if you are taking a picture or posting something or retweeting something, it is time-stamped. So that means all your administrators can look and see what time you posted that. And if it's in the middle of one of their meetings or in a meeting where you should have been there and you're not there, again, what is that saying about you? Mm -hmm. So just be mindful of being on your phone. We understand a lot of us have kids and they're with sitters or family and you need to make sure that they're um, that you're just a phone call away should a need arise. But you know we didn't say it, but obviously have your phone on vibrate and maybe don't set it on the table where it vibrates loudly. <laughs> yes, <laughs> or flashes and the whole room's turning around, trying to not have like some right. epileptic seizure. Yeah, that's no fun. Yep. So that brings us to our top ten how to survive staff development. Mainly as a first-year teacher, but maybe some veteran teachers needed to hear some of that. Or you're a veteran teacher and you are sending this to your mentee or you're sending this to your kid who's about to be a a new teacher or even at a new school district. So again, share. Share this. We want lots of people to be informed about phone etiquette and ask me before me. I think that would save a lot of headache. Let's do a quick recap. Number one, know your dates. Get in that email. Figure out when, where you're supposed to be and how to dress. Number two, um, don't expect time to work in your room, and if you get it, you're pleasantly surprised. Three, take advantage of the meet and greet activities. Again, you're giving people the first impression of you, and your administrators are always watching. Uh, Four, use your free time wisely. Um, If you get it, it's not going to be very long, so make the most of it. Number five, make friends with your secretaries and custodial staff. Um, that really, again, goes without saying, in general, you should be treating everyone how you want to be treated, but just being extra mindful of our secretaries and custodial staff. Number six, show up to every meeting and gathering with pen, paper, and be prepared to take notes. Even if it's something you already know the answer to, it communicates a sense of understanding if you just write it down, if they see you writing it down. Uh, Number seven, ask three before he or she, whoever your principal or um, administrator may be. Ask three other people. It'll help them and you. Number eight, take advantage of lunch. Hot lunches out in public where you can use the restroom and still have time to eat. Uh, Number nine, check your tech. (laughs) (laughs) I can't stop. Make sure that you know what you're supposed to have, that it all works, and how to submit a ticket, and don't forget to lock it up. Number 10, phone etiquette. Be mindful about when you're on your phone, where you're on your phone at, and what you're posting, and when you're posting on social media. Right, so that concludes episode 10, Listener's Choice, Surviving Teacher Staff Development for First-Year Teachers. 
and for some veterans. We're wishing y'all a great year. Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast, hosted by Brooke and Farron. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and our website, wittyandgritty.blog. Subscribe to our email list to get exclusive updates, freebies, and more. Keep tuning in to learn a little about a lot.